Hi there, my name's Rich and welcome to my podcast. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I have a story and I'd like to tell it to you. Hopefully it'll help someone. My upbringing was, was pretty idyllic. I grew up in Chelmsford in Essex. Lovely mum and dad, younger sister, friends, school was good. I lived opposite my auntie and uncle, three cousins. We lived down a little cul-de-sac and things were pretty good. Didn't want for anything, didn't need anything. I was I was well looked after. I've got no stories or experience of abuse or neglect or anything of that nature. What I do remember, in addition to, to having that kind of lifestyle as, as a child, is the feeling of being very sensitive, a lack of confidence, uh, really being self-conscious. On, on one occasion, I dressed up as Batman, you know, I put this brilliant Batman costume on. My friend knocked at the door, opened the door, and there he stands, and he basically just laughed at me, you know, told me it was shit. And I remember from that point, you know, just sort of thinking, oh, okay, right, I didn't stand up for myself, I didn't think, oh, well, actually, my Batman costume is pretty good and have fun anyway. It was like, that was like, right, okay, well, I'm never dressing up as Batman again, you know, I was really conscious of what people thought of me. Uh, and what people said that as I say lack of confidence I was a people pleaser you know I was always trying to keep people happy so if someone said they didn't like something about me then I'll try and change it you know to, to suit them there was also an occasion where it was a summer holiday um, at school and we we're having like a, an out of school club I suppose my mum and dad were at work and they they kind of shipped me off to the school for, for this fun day anyway we were having fun you know sort of playing football and games and, and that kind of thing and I remember really needing the toilet and the teachers were talking at the time to, to all of us kids as a group and I couldn't for the life of me put my hand up I just could not do it, it didn't matter how how desperate I was to go to the loo I just could not do it I, I was too shy so what I did is I sat there and pissed myself crazy but that that in my head at the time that was the lesser of two evils you know I was just so shy I couldn't put my hand up I was a bit messed up as a kid if I'm honest as I was growing up even though things were were great externally I saw something on telly once and it was talking about cancer and all of a sudden I had this thing in my head that I've got cancer I don't know why I don't know why I thought I did I just sort of like feeling about my body like oh my god there's a lump there I didn't tell anyone about it I didn't tell anyone what I was thinking or how I was feeling all I knew is that I was a goner and I probably had a couple of years left to live you know obviously I had no no experience of anything like this before but I was convinced in my mind what I did is I ended up stealing I think it was a Halifax building society book that my mum and dad was saving up money for me and at the age of 12 I was allowed to go down without my mum and dad and sort of withdraw money so I ended up with drawing in total about 900 pounds and just went out and spent it on crap you know I can't even remember what I spent it on you know but my mum my mum was not happy you know when when she found out she was not happy at all but I didn't come clean about how I was feeling or what I was thinking you know so my lack of self-confidence and shyness extended to the fact that I could not talk about how I was feeling to anyone Going into teens, uh, my GCSEs were pretty good. Just as I finished my GCSEs, I think it was that sort of time that I was introduced to drugs by a friend, uh, LSD. Things got a little bit messed up there. I discovered alcohol at the age of 16. Lost all my inhibitions. I wasn't sensitive anymore. I could tell you what I fucking felt about you, what I thought about you. I could talk my mind. Everything changed for me at that point. How I went on from there is I, I was a bit of a weekend drinker. So I used to drink that kind of quantity at a weekend, sitting outside of me mum and dad's um, back garden on a bench, drinking four bottles of K 9.2% cider. Get me dad to give me a lift down the pub, uh, which is the other side of town. And I used to meet up with friends there. Any pocket money we had, I used to buy drinks with. I wasn't really interested in the social scene. I mean, it was nice to feel part of a crowd, I'll be fair, I'll be honest. But 
you know, if I got down the pub and there was no one there, as long as I had money for booze and I had my cider, you know, that, that was fine by me. Put me into this sense of um, a false reality, which I really liked, escapism. There was a lot of fantasy went around with my drinking, you know. And at some points in my drinking career, I actually pretended to be other people. There was this one time where I was down the pub and, and I spoke in an Irish accent. And all of a sudden, I broke out of character and started talking how I normally talk. You know, and the, and the fella that I just met that night befriended at a fruit machine just looked to me as if I was a fucking idiot and he'd be right, you know, but who does that? Someone that doesn't like themselves, basically, and that definitely was me. The drugs kind of got to a point where that was a problem. I was I was taking a lot of speed. The dealer who was giving me the drugs turned around to me and said, look, I'm not allowed to give you any more drugs. I don't want your death on my conscience. At that point, I just thought, okay, well, fair play, put the drugs down. You know, I really didn't have a problem putting the drugs down. They made me feel out of control anyway, whereas alcohol made me feel in control, you know, and powerful. So so the drugs kind of tapered off, but the drinking just increased. I, I'd be considered, I suppose, more of a binge drinker. But when I did start drinking, I, I just I just couldn't stop. And, and I didn't want to stop because it made me feel like I've always wanted to feel. When I pick up a drink, I have no control over how much I drink. It's as simple as that. Now, it might be five, it might be 15, it might be until I pass out. It's normally until I pass out, black out, or get thrown out of somewhere. Point is, is I'm not in control of it. I had a job once after I dropped out of university. On the lunch break, I went down the pub, and the pub was right opposite. And I decided to go for three or four drinks, you know, because I thought an hour's lunch break, I've got enough time to sort three or four drinks. I don't want any more than that because I don't want to go back to work absolutely steaming because I need the job. And I had one, two, three, four, lovely, lovely, lovely. And then it got to about five to one. I had to be back at work, which was literally opposite at one o'clock. I thought, right, I'll get another quick one in. So I had another quick one. At that point, my head's starting to say, right, well, don't go back to work. You know, just make up an excuse why you don't have to go back. Maybe you got a tummy bug. Maybe you feel ill, broke your leg. All these crazy thoughts coming into me. I found it so difficult to just walk away from that situation and I got back to work at about 10 past one and made some bullshit excuse up I can't remember what but I walked into that place only wanting three or four now I walked out of that place just about forced myself out after having about eight or nine going to university after I just about messed up my A-levels didn't interact I can't remember having any friends at university and I dropped out after sort of three or four months I, I just wasn't doing the work I was drinking all the time one thing I did get from university days though was a great big load of debt gave me ID and proved that I was a student and they gave me like two and a half grand overdraft they gave me like three thousand pound credit card you know I mean student loan as well coming in Basically, I had a shitload of money that I'd never had before, and I just went out on the piss with it. I walked down the pub uh, on a day that I was meant to be at university. I put my credit card behind the bar, and I thereabouts said drinks were on me, and I ended up spending 400 quid for, on, on me, drinking for the day, fruit machines, and, and buying drinks for other people. The next day, I was I was just livid, you know, I was 400 quid in debt. It, it would literally take me a million years to pay 400 quid off, it felt like it at the time, you know, I didn't have a job. And the debts just got worse and worse. I mean, 400 quid turned to six, six turned to a grand. All of a sudden, I've maxed out my overdraft. I've maxed out my credit cards. You know, it's like literally took a matter of weeks to do that, drinking the way that, that I was drinking. My late teenage years, you know, when normal people were sort of getting relationships and that, I wasn't interested in relationships. The only the only relationship I was interested in was, was alcohol, drugs and gambling. Then I started to work in pubs, that kind of work. We always have lock-ins and drinks after work. 
It was at that point that my drinking went to the next level, really, and my behaviour as well. I started to borrow money off people. I just didn't have enough to carry on drinking the way that I wanted to. Borrowing money off people and not paying them back. Borrowing items off people and selling them. You know, real disgusting behaviour. I remember borrowing £300 off one person who thought I was his friend. And unfortunately, he got run over by a car and passed away. The first thing that I thought was, well, at least I won't have to pay him back his money. Real disgusting thinking and, and behaviour. I started to think that my life was a bit of a merry-go-round and I decided that the solution to my life was to go along the lines of what I saw other people in their lives doing was getting a steady girlfriend, having kids, having a nice house, couple of cars, a lot of material possessions and at that time I didn't have any of that. I was about 22 at the time and I managed to meet a nice young lady and convince her that I was a normal kind of guy. We were together for a short while and she fell pregnant, decided to keep the baby and our son was born. Still living in Chelmsford, we started to look around for places to live and we went all over the place and we ended up buying somewhere in Ipswich. Now I say we ended up, I didn't have anything to my name. She had a fair chunk of savings and managed to put down a big deposit and I had a really shitty credit report as well. So everything went down in her name we moved to Ipswich I all of a sudden had this family son car everything that my head told me that I wanted and I thought this would be the solution to my drinking problem as time went on very quickly became apparent that it didn't help my drinking at all because everywhere I went there I was picking up that first drink then led on to the second and the third and the fourth and, and the problem still remained it wasn't too long before I was going out down the pub. I was rolling back at three o'clock in the morning. I would say that I was going to work and I'd actually have the day off. She would think I was at work and I'd be down the pub. She told me early on that my drinking was a problem and that I needed to do something about it. She said something along the lines of, if you have one more drink, Rich, then I'm going to kick you out. The fear of losing my family made me seek help. I went to a group that did try and help me I was going there really to appease her that's the truth and I managed to put the drink down for about a year on the anniversary of my sobriety I met up with an old friend and we ended up in a place called the Galleria which is in St Albans now I walked up to the bar and I ordered a pint of Carlsberg and I remember drinking half of the pint of Carlsberg before I'd even realised that I'd ordered a pint of Carlsberg. I very nonchalantly ordered that. Now I got halfway down that pint so I thought well I've had half I might as well drink the other half so I did. I've had one drink I might as well have two so I had two. Now I've had two I might as well have three and do you know what I haven't seen my friend for a little while so I might as well just have a piss up with him and that's exactly what I did. When I got back home to my family, I didn't want to tell her what I'd done, so I lied to her. I ended up drinking, hiding cans behind the bath panel, hiding cans behind the alcove of the bathroom sink. It got to the point where I think she discovered my drinking 
and I had an attitude of who the fuck are you to tell me what to do with my drinking and the combination of me generally being an arsehole forced her into being true to her word and we split up by this point we had two children together a son and a daughter and any normal person would have probably thought this is tragic not going to see your kids split up from your missus nowhere to live but in my head it was game on part of me was rubbing my hands together I could drink in the way that I, I wanted to drink I ended up moving in with my mum and dad, not paying any rent. They were enabling me in a, in a certain way. And at the time, I was grateful for that because I had somewhere to live and I could come and go as I please. I was getting girlfriends one after the other. In fact, one girl I saw, I was probably about two or three weeks into seeing her and I sat down in a pub and I just said, look, you don't want to know me. I'm a raging alcoholic, you know, and she laughed at me thinking that I was joking. Three or four weeks later, she turned around and said, yeah, you weren't wrong. I was turning up for work late, I was turning up for work drunk, hungover, blackouts for me were becoming more of a regular occurrence, I got into work one day and one of the fellas that I worked with turned around and said, Rich, you were really bad last night, did you get home okay, was everything alright? And for the life of me, I could not even remember meeting the fella, that kind of behaviour started to scare me. I still have this obsession with trying to fix the way that I feel, I was still convinced that a loving family, a family unit would be the solution sign myself up to some dating websites i had a date with a girl uh, we went round her friends on our first date i met her friend ended up seeing her friend we had a steady relationship for a little while she was a really nice woman but i carried on drinking and it soon became apparent to her that i had a problem with drinking and she called me out on it she broke up from me but i really wanted to mend the relationship so i said look i'm gonna get some help and and i did get some help i went back to the place that my sister recommended to me when i was 18 and that place was aa alcoholics anonymous I started to go to meetings and the people there did help me and I did find some comfort in doing that. However, I wasn't really there for myself. I was trying to reignite the relationship I had with my girlfriend and I was told that for this to work, I'm going to have to do this for myself. I carried on going to AA meetings and someone gave me a big book, a big blue book. I started to go home and show that to my girlfriend and talk about all the good things I'm reading. And frequent meetings then became fewer and further between. I started to go out, tell my girlfriend I was going out and I'd just sit in a car park playing poker on my phone. I'd go back and she'd ask me questions about how I got on. That made me angry because I had to lie to her. She fell pregnant and we had a little baby girl, beautiful little girl. My drinking was kept at bay from the fear of losing my girlfriend again. But for the time I was sober and I was pretending to go to AA meetings, I was in a bit of a dark place. I really, really wanted to go and have a drink. Everywhere we went, there was someone drinking and I just coveted what they were doing. I, I'd just do anything to be that guy, that person who can sit there and have a drink without anyone nagging him. And I, I knew I had a problem, but I just didn't see myself as an alcoholic. And I just believed that I've been coerced into this life of not drinking. And I had a real, real resentment towards my girlfriend for that. I can see looking back now that obviously I was completely delusional. I, I was an alcoholic and I just found it so difficult to be honest with myself and accept that other people weren't to blame for my predicament.
Not drinking alcohol, yet not being fully into recovery, left me irritable, restless and discontented. I was frustrated, I was angry, I was pointing fingers at everybody and I was coveting everyone that I saw who was having a good time whilst drinking. The term that we use in AA for someone in that situation is called dry drunk syndrome and that definitely described me. It got to Christmas time in 2012. I was convinced I was going to go out and drink. I was trying to cause arguments deliberately at home so I'd be told to fuck off and then I'd have an excuse to drink. I was doing everything I could to battle this, not drink, but at the same time I desperately wanted to. Something clicked inside my head and I decided that I was going to go out and drink. But I didn't do that straight away. I fabricated a phone call to my then boss, I had my phone in my hand within earshot of my girlfriend and I pretended to have a phone call with him purporting that I needed to go into work mid-January to do a bit of overtime. The reality was there was no one else on the end of the phone. I was planning on having a drink. It got to mid-Jan and off I went. My girlfriend thought I was going to work. I booked myself into a B&B and I had a crate of Budweiser. I sat there at the bar and this is before I'd had the first drink. I remember looking across the bar and there was a man sitting there reading a newspaper and he was drinking his pint. And I thought to myself, I'm going to drink my pint that I just ordered at the same pace that he's going to drink his. Now he took one sip and then he went back to his newspaper and he was reading for about 20 seconds. I took a sip and I got to about 10 seconds and it felt like it was about an hour and a half. And I thought, fuck this, what am I doing? This is mad. And I finished my drink. Now I'd had the first one, so I needed the second one. And this had all been planned. I had a crate of Budweiser with me. I went up to the room. It was just me, myself, and my crate of beer. I had a family at home that I just abandoned. And I felt like I was king of the world. There was definitely something wrong with me. I got home the next day, felt like shit, hungover, guilt, remorse, self-pity. And I ended up repeating that behaviour once a month for a few months. I eventually got caught by someone that my girlfriend knew and I can't honestly remember how that went down but I was in trouble. I probably tried to talk my way out of it. That's the sort of thing I used to do but I remember soon after that things went sort of drastic with our relationship. We had a little baby daughter. Again my drinking had destroyed a family. I remember that I was living on my own. My girlfriend had moved out with our little girl. My considerations at the time were just for myself, very selfishly, self-centered person that I was. I was more concerned with how I felt than how anyone else felt. I carried on drinking, gloves off drinking. No one was there to stop me. And I did that for a short while. One day I woke up nothing any more drastic than had already happened in the past happened and I had tears streaming down my face I had had enough it got to the point where I was desperate and I couldn't go on like this my life was a complete carousel of bullshit self-inflicted I got down on my knees I don't know why I got down on my knees and I started to pray to something to come and save me I got my laptop out and I went onto an AA website and I started to talk to people and asking for help and I got lots of replies back virtually instantly saying, look, get to a meeting, get to an AA meeting, take your cap in your hand, admit you know nothing, get to a meeting. I'd already tried AA, so I didn't have much hope that that would help me, but I was desperate. Why I suddenly got that moment of desperation at that particular time, I do not know. But I thank God today that I did. That was the turning point in my life. From that moment of surrender, everything started to change for me. 
in my next podcast, I'll be talking about how I recovered and what my life is like today. Thank you very much for listening. I hope my honesty has helped someone. If you are listening to this and you do need some help or advice, please contact me at rich seven 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 four nine seven at gmail.com and I'll put you in touch with people that can help. Please subscribe to get notifications of all future podcasts and please know that no money is made by making these podcasts. The aim is only to help other people.